There were a couple corrections I had, so where are they? Michelle Diefenbach can play Sale Jane Gunderson on one of them, and I can't find my minutes, so rather I left them on my, on my table, which I thought was funny. But. Well, I think that Hearing. The order I'm going to follow is outlined in a handout called Procedures for Public Hearings, um, available from staff. It's available at the back table. If you wish to speak, please be sure to sign in the sign-in sheet with staff located at the back table. You should address your marks to whether or not the application in question meets the necessary criteria. The significant criteria that apply to each issue are listed in the staff report, which staff has available. If you fail to raise an issue in person or by letter to the Design Review Committee or the City Council, an appeal of, this, of that issue would not be permitted. And tonight's review is of Design Review DR 18-01 by Craig Regelneg of Carlton Hart Architecture on behalf of Hollander Hospitality to construct a new commercial building at 1 2nd Street within the Bridge Vista Overlay Zone and the C3 General Commercial Zone. Does anyone object to the Jurisdiction of the Design Review Committee to review this matter at this time? Does any member of the Design Review Committee feel he or she has a conflict of interest or any ex parte contact to declare? As a general contractor, of course, we have a potential conflict of interest. And I will point out the, um, the property owner contacted our office a few weeks back about um, doing some maintenance on the site and we declined because I, I'm on this position on the committee, so. Um, catch up with where I'm at here. Could we have a presentation of findings and facts by staff? Yes. So I have a very brief presentation um, and a little bit of the review process because it should be a little familiar and then I've left the majority of the time for the applicant to review their new submission. Um, but we initially reviewed a proposal similar to this by the same applicant at the same location back in June. That application was denied in July. It was appealed to City Council. City Council remanded the DRC decision back to DRC. Um, so that 120-day window is, is still clicking, so we need to wrap up the final decision on this DRC piece by 1220. Um, and the new plans are for review by DRC tonight. So very brief overlay of kind of how we got here. Um, so again, it's the same four-story hotel proposal, very similar footprint, a very 
similar square footage of about 29,700 square feet. The use is an outright permitted use in the C3 zone, so we're not looking at the use tonight um, so much as the orientation and the aesthetics of the building because it falls under that bridge overlay um, section of the riverfront vision plan. It's also adjacent to historic structure, but that was reviewed at the council level and is still pending some final decisions, so the historic review piece is a little bit separate. I did pull out the bridge vista overlay area that's shown in blue on the bottom corner to kind of show the whole area of where that piece of the riverfront vision plan um, factors in and it extends even further west. And right now it's a vacant lot over there with the buildings for Shippen and Stephanie's cabin still on the lot. Um, I think we're all pretty familiar with, with that lot. I pulled in some zoning just so we're familiar with the parcels. Um, I did want to note that there's been some changes um, to the materials submitted by the applicant to reconfigure the lot. So right now those black lines that you see in that pink zone are the tax lots and eventually the applicant will submit either a partition or a lot line adjustment to combine some of those existing parcels and then redo the tax lots, um, which we'll talk about later, but figures in to when you look at the whole square footage of the site and how much of percentage of that is for parking lot landscaping and then landscaping as the whole. So those lines will, will change around, but we're still looking at the same footprint and area on the site. That's at the base of Second Street. Pulled out some of the criteria. Article 14 is um, all of the criteria that's outlined in your staff report. Again, that looks at new construction um, and that also looks at renovation within Bridge Vista because this proposal now includes the total teardown of the existing ship-in portion before we looked at a renovation of that. We're just looking at the new construction criteria, no longer the criteria for an addition to a building or how to treat a building that has something kind of tacked onto it as new construction. Um, so the rest of the pieces in Bridge Vista are those on-land development standards that look at height, the step-backs, the setbacks that allows for a taller building, the gross floor area, and then the non-industrial design standards, so things like windows, awnings, um, lighting signage, all that good stuff. And then we're also discussing bridge, building, excuse me, building orientation, building form, and then any other outbuildings. In this case, there's a trash enclosure and also an enclosure around a generator um, that's attached to the building. I also pulled in some of the comprehensive plan sections, which are sections we look at for any land use permit, um, just to have in mind that the areas applicable to this review are the general comprehensive plan sections, historic preservation, riverfront overlay um, section, and then our Cresso over water development and economic development section of the comp plan. Um, again, I'll let the applicant talk about their proposal, but the new design proposal is pulled out and here are some of the, the newer photos. So it's the red building, no longer the orange building, um, with some changes to the roof line. And again, that ship-in portion has been completely redesigned as kind of the lobby entry area. Um, pulled in some photos of materials. I see they've also brought some materials, so they'll walk through some samples and what's actually being proposed for that site. Um, again, here's another GIS aerial um, in terms of looking at what's there and what's existing. Stephanie's cabin, I noted in the staff report, is not actually part of this proposal, so it's an existing structure on the site, but the use and the parking associated with, with that use and, and whatever use goes in there has not been addressed as part of this um, application. So even though it's there, it's something to consider, it's not part of this proposal. I wanted to make, make that clear, but the other requirements for the lots are still applicable, including the five-foot setback requirement from Marine Drive, which again, I'll let the applicant discuss, and they've submitted some additional materials um, in response to the staff report. That's this letter sitting up there. It's also on the side. 
um, that addresses some of those criteria in terms of potential applicable easements for reconfiguring those lots, um, and then the landscaping requirements depending on what the square footage is. Um, it's recommended tonight I outline in a few sections of the staff report that DRC determine um, if the proposal has addressed the applicable criteria, we'll run through those in a minute. Um, I did want to note that because there's so many gaps in the findings that need to be addressed, I would recommend um, for either an approval or denial that we address those findings and come back and adopt them at a later date. It's too much to adopt and fix on the spot right now, but we'll get there when we, when we get there. Um, I have not received any additional public comments, so everything we have received has been included in your packet. And then these two slides have pulled out those design issues, which are all on the last two pages, two or three pages of the staff report. They're broken up into suggested conditions of approval and then some items that we need to discuss um, and the applicants, a lot of them are on the applicant to clarify. Things like scale and size and massing and how that's meant the criteria and then also some specific design features on awnings, if the awnings are appropriate, um, how the clear story and the design of that ship-in kind of lobby area is appropriate or not. Um, so before before we finish tonight, these key areas need to be defined and outlined. And then again, some just kind of standard conditions of approval. Um, I'm happy to answer additional questions and when we get to deliberations, um, because we're also down to four committee members, if there's a split vote tonight, a 2-2 vote would result in a um, denial of whichever vote that was, and I'll let Brett explain this further. Um, so an approval would need to be approved either unanimously or a 3-1 vote, same for a, for a denial, or you can always continue the proposal and ask for additional information, or tentatively approve, tentatively deny, and adopt those findings and facts later on. Um, a lot of the, the information I think will be filled in by the applicant, and they have a, a slideshow to share too, but I'm happy to answer any reports related to the findings and facts. Does anybody have any questions for staff? testimony is now open. If you wish to speak, please come to the podium. State your name and address for the record. Is there a presentation by the applicant? Yes. I'm Craig Rudolang, and this is Michelle Black. We're both here with Carlton Hart Architecture. Address is, thank you. Uh, 830 Southwest 10th Avenue, Portland, Oregon, Suite 200, 97205. And, um, um <coughs> sorry, Nancy, this looks like this is kind of starting in the middle here. Um, as Nancy mentioned, this is the second design review hearing for the hotel. 
Um, the revised design that we've brought here today is responsive to the feedback received at the last design review uh, from the DRC and the community, community members. Um, we really went back to the drawing board and tried to address the considerations that were brought up in every way possible while abiding by uh, uh, code and the demands of the program and use. And um, we feel like we made some significant changes uh, that do address those. Um, adapted the building very much to the um, character of the late 19th century working waterfront in Astoria um, and uh, updated the, the methods and materials where needed but ultimately tried to be really loyal to the uh, context and, carrier of, and character of this past architecture. Um, so we're going to run through some of the major design shifts quickly and then we'll briefly revisit the, the background of the project uh, and then focus a little more on the specifics of those design changes. Um, with any remaining time, we'll try to address Nancy's um, specific findings, uh, the 10 findings that she mentioned. Um, that can also continue into the, some discussion afterwards if needed. Um, we're happy to help with that. Uh, the DR packets that you have there are um, in a sequential order. We jump around quite a bit in the, uh, in the presentation and are, are uh, just kind of going back to the time that we do reference the page numbers in the slideshow. So here we have essentially the before and after for the project. Um, we, one of the big items we heard last time was the cladding wasn't matching the traditional story of buildings closely enough. Uh, we modified it to a gray V-groove siding. We took directly from some precedents and red board and batten. Uh, the rust color was removed entirely. Um, by the way, in case it's not clear, the older design from June is up above. The newer one, two perspectives are on the bottom. Uh, we have concerns with the flat, linear roof. Um, in response to that, the roof was modified to a pitched gable. Um, it required some framing changes and some additional expense to do that, but we were able to get the roof down to a height um, that was code compliant uh, with small variations following traditional industrial patterns. Uh, concerns with the mansard roof and material compatibility with the existing ship in. In response to these, uh, the structure will now be demolished, as Nancy mentioned, and. Uh, replaced with a new structure conforming to all code requirements for the setback, view corridor, and everything else uh, in the development code. Uh, the new structure has a great deal more glazing along the street frontage and entry canopy and clear start glazing as well. Uh, there are some concerns with the form of the tower. The footprint has been reduced and the projection has been pushed back to be enclosed within that pitched roof area. So here's the location of the project site. Um, briefly uh, northwest of the intersection of Marine Drive and Second, and the Bridge Vista overlay, overlay with the associated uh, design guidelines established to honor and preserve the working waterfront character along this stretch. So the Sanborn maps indicate um, the previous uh, Van Camp Seafood building that was there, and um, with plan of far greater size than the building we're proposing, uh, quite a bit bigger there. Here we see the height, which we only have photos in those existing sections, but we estimate that to be upwards of 40 feet at some point. So our sense is that previous building, the Van Camp Seafood building, um, was uh, larger in plan by quite a bit, maybe slightly lower in the overall elevation. Here we have some examples of other um, buildings along the waterfront. Uh, the uh, Union Fisherman's Co-op building, you can see that there's a land side building, four stories tall, considerably larger than what we're proposing. Uh, we're seeing, we just see some precedents that establish a range from buildings that are smaller than what we're showing to ones that are quite a bit larger. We, in as much as we're trying to comply with that history, fit well within that range. 
Here we have uh, context photos of the site. We're between the Columbia River waterfront to the north, 76 gas station, and Josephson Smokehouse to the south. Um, again, the former um, Stephanie's cabin building is on site at the southwest corner of the block. Um, the intent is to renovate that for a new tenant as part of a separate project and separate permit. The fact that this is occupying this spot um, pretty much precludes any positioning or orientation of the hotel along this frontage. Uh, in as much as it's existing non-conforming, any compliance would be dealt with at the time of that permit and that project. But at this time, um, given fire lane access that you see on the left there, um, we are simply not able to explore any kind of orientation that puts the hotel in that location. So the site plan uh, shows, um, again, the orientation, uh, which is similar to the previous submittal, um, except for some increased uh, space in the view corridor. The view corridor, which is centered on 2nd Street, 35 feet in either direction for a 70-foot total. Uh, and we, um, otherwise the fire access requirements in the existing building prohibit any other orientation, as we mentioned. Um, and we intend this project to be, you know, again, uh, phased with that Stephanie Cabin project to happen uh, um, after hopefully a design review approval on this portion and then move forward with, with the uh, intended project there. Uh, we have covered parking on the east side um, and then some of the common area for the hotel in the middle with the new ship-in, uh, kind of the new entry lobby in place of the ship-in on that east side. Entry is on the southeast corner, uh, near that corner of 2nd Street. We're also uh, exploring, looking for some guidance for um, a patio, an alternate uh, defined area for the patio, which Michelle is pointing to on the north side there. The reason for that is that we have an existing stem wall, the existing stem wall from the ship-in, and um, the code uh, precludes any cut and fill along that five-foot boundary, um, five feet within the property line, but in as much as we're able to reuse that stem wall and actually produce less of a risk of erosion at the water's edge than we would by having to remove that, we feel like it's appropriate to keep that in place. So uh, we'd like to propose that option to have that. That's a two-foot, seven-inch extension beyond the line that's shown there now just for that patio to the north of that portion. So here's our planting palette. Um, our landscape plan, uh, landscape plan is part of the full packet. You can reference uh, more information there that will also be developed um, uh, to all the city requirements. Plantings incorporate native and riparian species where appropriate, but conform to all code requirements and uh, provide required screening and buffering in any parking areas. Uh, working waterfront context, this is just a kind of a small piece of the research we did, which is detailed more in the packet, but um, earlier design attempts, again, uh, were exploring um, kind of a contemporary interpretation of the historic features. Now we are, in a much more direct way, taking those features um, in terms of siding profiles, window detailing, roof pitches, uh, and components like that, and um, applying them directly to the new project. Here are the cladding materials that we're using, the historic cladding materials as a, a basis. Um, you see the red board and batten, also V-groove siding on the hand-thorn cannery. Um, and this red color, as you know, is everywhere based on those uh, old Union Fisherman's Cooperative buildings. So um, rather than clad our entire building in that, we're using this kind of an accent piece on the, uh, those forms on the east. Uh, there's a light dark contrast existing in the examples uh, in a lot of cases between the trim and the uh, siding, and uh, like on the hand-thrown camera <coughs> on the left. Um, and we adapted that 
same contrast to the, uh, the trim siding relationship in the new project. So this shows a piece of the elevation with the new materials. Um, we have, uh, again, the V-Group board in Batten. Um, we have the materials here as well, uh, visuals boards here as well. Michelle, if you're maybe hand those around, it's probably a good time to do it. Uh, thank you. Um, so the, we have for the V-Group and the board in Batten, we're um, submitting fiber cement and composite materials. Um, and as much as modern availability, performance, and durability demands uh, have changed, but these profiles match the old architecture. The board and batten siding is a two and a half inch batten and a 12 inch spacing. The V-Group siding is a seven inch board. The base of the building is uh, a raw board form concrete on that west portion. Uh, trim detailing for the windows and other openings and material transitions based directly on classic details um, observed in those precedents. Frame profiles on the glazing, and we have some of those down here in front of the gas as well. Um, one of them's too heavy to, I think, from a shovel lift up and show them later. Um, they uh, uh, play off the, um, the classic window frame shapes and putty glaze assemblies uh, for contemporary performance requirements. Those are the Marvin Ultimate Clad Wood and Wasso Invent Retro lines that we're using. Uh, trim and uh, the standing seam uh, metal roofing is 22 gauge with narrow battens, one inch in height, compliant with code. So the south elevation shows the ground floor, um, uh, the enclosed parking area with open metal grates uh, aligned with the windows above. Um, and um, in the center we have a vehicle entry. You can see the pedestrian entry there on the east corner and the kind of circulation tower um, stair and back of house form there. Uh, so the window details, uh, we have simulated divided lights with exterior muttons um, in order to get the closest appearance to true divided lights. Three high, two wide, symmetrical um, casements, one operable, one fixed. Uh, recessed, the windows are recessed, um, three and a half inches. Trim and surround boards are installed along all sides, um, sized to meet the code requirements. The crown molding is provided in a configuration that we took from the precedents we studied. Uh, with a projecting water table, projecting sloped water table on top um, that uh, basically merges with the floor line trim and uh, creates a continuous profile there. And then that um, pattern is also repeated at the window sill and then the sill of the uh, mechanical unit below. So that mechanical unit is concealed by a custom louver that makes that completely invisible and acts as essentially a kind of textured infill panel with shallow lines and uh, it conceals the, um, the PTHP completely. And this shows something else that was featured on that south elevation and awning was also brought up in the staff findings um, with question as to essentially demonstrating that it was properly sized for the building entry or windows, extending 24 inches out from the wall, which is the maximum we can get while still meeting fire code requirements for ladder access. We wanted to be able to break up that south facade visually somewhat and then also provide a little bit of cover for people walking underneath on the south side of the building. Um, but we feel that that's, that is compliant with the intent of the code. Um, the uh, southeast perspective um, shows uh, an awning um, that is possibly better described as a canopy on the southeast corner that is, extends across the entry area for the building. Uh, it's actually supported independently by columns on one side, so the definition of awning 
may or may not apply there, but at any rate, we feel this was also raised in the staff findings. We feel that it is uh, proportioned well for the building. It matches the same. Uh, you can see it here too, a little in the next slide. Uh, the same uh, um, standing seam roofing and uh, fits the rest of the building properly. Um, we also have some of the entry condition detailing shown here. Uh, five of the six entry doors we have are placed within these larger glazed openings to keep that composition of the glazed opening rhythm. Um, and they're integrated, integrated with side lights and transoms. Here we have some of the details of the storefront system, and that is this large, unfortunately can't see it from you, but this large uh, sample that we have here in front of us. Um, uh, aluminum um, with a high-performance high performance window system designed to imitate the profile of these older putty glaze profiles, but you all the contemporary requirements for wind and structural loading. Some more details of that in the recessed openings. So the northeast perspective, um, we have some staff findings here, uh, but I might jump back to them. They're involving the clear story glazing and we feel that that's, uh, to quickly summarize, uh, it meets the intent of the code um, by preserving what's essentially a single gable roof, but applying uh, an industrial kind of typology of this clear story glazing, which also makes that north frontage more attractive. We see a little of the 312 and 212 roof pitches here on the east and west elevations. Here, um, roof details show a 24 inch projection uh, at the typical eaves which um, we'd also look for a little bit of clarity to whether that applies in the view corridor. We're not currently showing that, but it was suggested in the staff findings that the view corridor could be interpreted as a yard, and so we would be allowed up to 24 inches. We would probably take about 18 on that east elevation, project the roof line a little just to help cover that edge, and um, yeah, exactly. So, um, the north elevation also shows the decks and rails visible along the riverside. Uh, the ground floor includes the north patio and a long planer to create an attractive frontage for the riverwalk. A uh, few details of the patio doors, same compositional arrangement as the windows. Decking uh, at those locations is a cementitious coating, so we're literally putting cement as the waterproof coating on top of that with a, an industrial broom finish. Uh, here's the view along the river trail. And looking at the primary mass of the building, this was brought up in the findings as well, um, compliance with the, the massing requirements, which are quite clear in the code. In code. Building flooring should be simple, single geometric shapes, uh, examples of square, rectangle, rectangular, triangular, um, period. Uh, we feel the building clearly complies with that. In as much as we were confined to those dimensions on the south side, much of the historical context, which included these large, singular wall planes, we wanted to do what we could to mitigate the kind of depth of that facade and create visual interest with the floor line breaks and the detail in there, the windows, um, the grates, the cladding changes, the awning and the roof line. So creating depth through means other than the massing breaks. And uh, I believe we're at 15. I can continue on. To I didn't give you a timeline. So. Oh, we didn't? Oh, great. <laughs> I was just assuming. Well, I will keep going then. Um, <laughs> Not that you came alive. <laughs> um, so here we see uh, the uh, materials palette, um, a couple of examples of some of the finer details of benches that match those along the river walk elsewhere. We're intending to put there on the east side. Uh, door hardware um, at the entries in the patio area. 
Um, those are shown in different colors. Those are the only photos I could get. They would all be a, a pewter um, finish on the exterior to, uh, um, to offset the black, uh, to contrast with the black frame color. Uh, so staff findings, item three um, brought up. The specific aspects of the design should be outlined as to how they address sensitivity and craftsmanship of the site. And development is a product of the time. Um, product of the time is uh, kind of relative in this sense because we're being asked to um, respect the historical context and remain um, to adhere pretty closely to that. Uh, so we view that as uh, essentially creating um, contemporary detailing that um, honors that classic appearance and still meets all the contemporary requirements, the materials boards we passed around and the, the additional samples we have here, we feel demonstrate that. Um, craftsmanship uh, represented uh, by the product selection, the detailing, the transitions. We're trying to bridge the, the gap between the old and the new. Uh, so here we have building sections, which um, I can speak a little bit to the, uh, the question brought up on the height and the staff findings as it pertained to the raised parapet area we have on that kind of tower piece. Uh, we are under our 45 foot height limit for the um, average height of the roof as determined by the, the building code, or the development code, excuse me. Um, and then we have this section uh, just at the top of that kind of circulation area that includes, as you can see here, with the, um, the RTU sheet, uh, we have a rooftop unit and associated screening, we have access to the unit, and we have the elevator overrun. So we're claiming two exceptions in the development code. Uh, one is for the mechanical unit and screening of the mechanical unit, and one is for the elevator overrun. Um, There's some question raised as to whether we need the area shown for screening the mechanical unit. Um, within the tolerances that we're aware of, you typically see three feet more or less for air clearance and work area around these units. Some manufacturers require more, some less. Um, we wanted to be able to provide that with enough tolerance, and then also essentially be able to square the corner on that northeast part where the overrun comes from the uh, comes across to the RTU. We could possibly chop part of that corner off, but we don't feel it would reduce the visual impact of that tower at all and look stranger and no no smaller than it looks right now. So we feel that that's compliant. Uh, here the lighting plan is shown mostly to address one of the staff findings questions uh, for lighting type F at the bottom there, which is just the light on the monument sign. Uh, so next to that. So, yeah. so that light is able to, it's shown pointing somewhat outward, but it's able to swivel so it just wash the monument sign. It's meant just as a light on the top of this monument sign here was subbed in for the previous uh, um, submitted products specifically for that purpose. If there's any problem with that, we're happy to create a valence around it or do whatever we need to do to, to prevent the glare. That shouldn't be an issue. And on uh, wall signs of the project, just as a quick note, these were reduced in, um, uh, there were two before. There was one at the south and one at the east. We removed the one that was east facing because um, the signage area and height were some areas of objection that we heard before. So. Um, the signage is uh, lower on the building and only on the south elevation at this point. Another one of the staff findings items mentioned the trash enclosure. Um, so um, we, there was just a question as to whether it allowed proper clearance for the parking space next to it. It does. Um, there's a parking space to the southeast of it, um, a parallel parking space that it's about a foot clear of. 
and then there's one on the other side that um, we, if the door were to swing beyond 180 degrees, it could conceivably have some overlap there, but we'd be happy to put a stop in or whatever's needed to meet that requirement. Again, that should be um, relatively easy. So um, I believe there was one other staff finding issue that uh, I had skipped over. Um, we talked about the clear story and then from staff findings, uh, item two, addressing how we're maintaining characteristics of scale, massing, and material along the street facade. So um, we feel in as much as the original characteristics that are referred to are, forced, are, are applicable here, um, the requirement only applies to second street frontage in any case. Um, but the current design achieves a far higher percentage of glazing than the previous ship-in while uh, maintaining a single-story frontage on the street and locating the building entry directly adjacent to the street on the southeast, the patio to the north. Um, it's got a lot of glass and transparency, engages that street while maintaining the required, required setbacks, and, um, and it also sticks to a pretty similar scale as the ship-in that was previously occupying that space before the larger building, part of the building steps up on the west side. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any questions for the applicant? Uh, I have a quick question. On the one-story portion that's replacing the ships in, um, there's two sections of roofing, one with the clear story and the other with the equipment. Mm -hmm. Those are both of the same pitch? No, the one with the equipment is a flat roof. Um, we can well, I know the, the middle is a flat, isn't there a pitch at either side? Yes, there's a pitch on both sides. And yeah. that's the same pitch as the portion that's clear story? It is it's a three, clear story. Uh, yes, it's a 312 on both sides. <laughs> and then the um, canopy on the south side is a 212, so it's a little shallower on that south side. So, okay, then. So there's going to be two different pitches at that um, lower elevation. Correct. Oh, okay. just the canopy. Just the but canopy. But the, yeah. the larger portion is all the same. 312. The south elevation, you might just correct the height of where the the uh, clear story windows are to be it's, uh, the incorrect on oh, the I south who would speak impartial to the application? Is there any presentations by persons who would speak against the application? And again, we've asked that, we've got quite a, we didn't have as many people as last time, so I don't want to give the applicant enough time to get through his presentation, but we would ask that we limit it to two minutes. Two? For, two. Yeah, for, for, for the, uh, the public testimony. 
Okay. Why? Thank you. Yeah, well, why? Um, we just had an unlimited presentation on the other side, and um, we don't have more than we had at the previous one. I mean, three we minutes. Actually have, we have we have less this time. So, so just two minutes. Oh, three. Three. How about that? That sounds good. Feel generous. Good bargain. Okay. Um, <laughs> my, my name is Jan Faber. I live at 3015 Harrison Avenue, Astoria, Oregon. Um, first of all, um, I'm not sure. I want to remind you that the remand by the city council was not a rejection or a comment on any of the findings that you uh, previously made in this matter. Um, at the time of the hearing, the proponents um, came up with a brand new plan, and rather than consider it. Um, without your input, the whole thing was just remanded back to you. So there's been no comment at all on your previous uh, denial. So this is just starting all over again. Secondly, I'd like to point out that um, Astoria is not desperate at this time for, for this kind of development. There was a time when we wanted almost anything to come to town just because we needed the money, we needed the jobs. But now we're sort of in a command position. People want to move to this town, tourists want to come here, people want to invest in it, like these proponents, and the reason they want to do so is because of the uniqueness of, of Astoria. Um, I want you to try to imagine our, our waterfront lined with um, projects such as this. Now there's a lot of reference made to, a story, to working waterfront. Well, Astoria is not so much of a working waterfront anymore, and this is not a working waterfront project. So it really doesn't need to look like a cannery. It doesn't need to look like a Astoria warehouse. I can't believe they put that in there as a, a design comparison. What it needs to look like is, is the city, um, something attractive, something that fits in with the Victorian um, character of our city, not with block um, buildings. I'm sort of dismayed by looking at um, the constant reference to the city code, because what this proponent has done has, it has done nothing more than push the limits. We have a box on its side. I went home and uh, I brought the box, but I don't need to show it. I turned the box on the side and I achieved, whoop, I achieved the same roof line that they have. And the reason they have that roof line is because they push right up to 45 feet, what the limit is, and there's no room for design. Did they consider making it a three-story building and having some kind of peaks and designs to it? No, because they want to maximize their profit. But that's not the purpose of the design review committee. We're supposed to take a look and see whether it's, it's style, style um, whether it's got style, distinctive characteristics, craftsmanship. This shows nothing more than a flat. Um, yeah, if you refer, you look at it either from the front or the back, that roof line is nothing more than straight across, not a single distinctive or stylistic characteristic. Then I went home with the same box and tried to duplicate the window design. I took a magic marker and a ruler and drew a square. The design for all the windows is just that. There's no overhang, there's no peaks, there's nothing. Um, again, they've just done the minimal, the setback. They wouldn't give us anything extra. They just go right to that to that limit. So I'd like to I'd like to for you to review this with the same criteria that you reviewed it last time and see whether they've done anything to address the distinctive characteristics, the style that we want in our city. Thank you. Well, was that our alarm? All right. Just so everybody's aware of what that that sounds like. I was giving you a hard time about having your cell phone ring on. <laughs> Is there any other uh, presentations by persons um, against the application? 
Elizabeth Menetrae, 3849 Grand Avenue. Speak clearly into the microphone. Um, one thing I was glad to see was that the view corridor, 35 feet from the center line of 2nd Street, and then another 10 feet, that it would be an entire 35-foot view corridor. I'm imagining there would be no parking or any such else going on in that 35 feet, but that would be a clear view corridor. Uh, the 10-foot setback for such a large building, I, this is the absolute minimum. They, are, they could do more. Um, it's the absolute minimum is uh, the 10 feet, and it looks like they're proposing balconies. Um, first of all, when I'm walking along the riverfront, <laughs> I really, really don't want people looking down at me. Uh, I think this thing was visual link, a visual link between the people walking on the river and the folks up in their balcony, but A, I don't see using using it as a balcony is necessarily a setback. They're using the space, people. It's not a visual setback to me. And people looking down on me as I'm walking down the riverfront is really really unappealing. And you. And lastly, the yes, the historic canneries were humongous. We know that they were absolutely gigantic. But we're not. This is not the criteria that we we need to compare. We're comparing to what we have now with scale, and it's completely out of scale with what's, what we have now. Thank you. Are there other persons that wish to speak against the application? Is there any room? Oh, go ahead. Chris Farrar. I live at 3023 Harrison Avenue here in Astoria. And um, I guess I have kind of a mixed attitude about this. I, uh, I'm really impressed with all the work that <laughs> these folks do to try to tweak their project a little bit here and there and all the details they went into. And I know they spent countless hours. But the fact is, just look at it. It's still just a big rectangular box blocking everybody's view of what we cherish in this city. You want to destroy what this city is, then approve that big square box it's ugly, no matter how much little trim work that they have these nice things up here. And again, I feel for the people that worked on this. They worked hard at it, obviously. They listened to things and they, they tried to make this project fit, but it does not fit our town as our town is now. And the way our town should move forward with does not include blocking the river with big rectangular boxes with no imagination. I don't know what else to say, but I think you must see it too. Are there any others that wish to speak in against the application? Um, 
Mike Sensenbach, uh, 110 Kensington. Um, I just had, I guess, maybe some questions about the, the maximum setbacks, because they were just kind of briefly gone over by the presentation. Um, it says that they shall be no more than five feet off of Marine Drive. Um, and I realized that originally they were going to be using the ship in as a, uh, for their sighting, um, for a non an existing non-conforming structure. But I don't see how, uh, where the building is going to be sighted now um, fits this maximum setback off of Marine Drive. Um, I understand that the hotel can't physically be moved on the property that way, but perhaps building a hotel on this property doesn't fit for um, the setbacks that are allowed. So I guess that was just kind of the one thing that I thought just kind of got gone over really quickly. And I, um, I mean, you see like uh, Josephson's and Stephanie's cabin, they're all within five or you know even within 20 feet of that setback on Marine Drive. Um, I mean obviously I agree with everybody with, as far as blocking the river and everything like that but you know also we have Marine Drive and that's something that we all go past every day and it's just gonna look weird with a bunch of different buildings and a bunch of different depths along that road too so just something else I guess to keep in mind. Is there any others who wish to speak against the application? Is there a rebuttal testimony by the applicant? What's that? Can we just have a minute to talk? Yeah. Make, make it two if you could, so that we can use our time.
leaving the Stephanie's cabin building to address the Marine Drive frontage at, at the time that it proceeds. We feel like that's the wiser choice. Um, I think that, that addresses the essence of what we, we heard there. Um, thanks very much. Welcome. Are there any closing remarks by staff? making a motion or a decision, all of those areas um, need to be addressed so that we can adopt findings of facts. Nancy, just for the benefit of the group uh, this evening, for both ourselves and, and for public, can you just take a quick run through those? Yeah. shed style roofs, so just one 
kind of pitched to the roof there um, is not an encouraged design in the area, so it's up to you to decide if kind of that split pitch gable um, is appropriate or if you'd rather see something flat there or have it be a pitched. Um, there's some language from the applicant about skylights and how that will kind of open up the area and that little clear story is actually covering up a lot of the um, mechanical units up in there, so it's kind of a nice way to screen in that area, but it's deciding specifically for that roof form if that's an um, encouraged design element. Number seven is awnings, which we talked about a little bit, deciding if the depth is appropriate, if the awning is an awning or a canopy, um, and then determining the downcast light was just to make sure that it's not glaring and we can edit and delete these as needed. Um, and then again, I don't think I included it in my staff report, but that five foot setback that's been brought up um, should also be fleshed out for the findings on whether or not requiring a fire lane is justification for siting the building at that site, or if there's some other things that should be taken into consideration for how to justify positioning the building at that site and what that means for not complying with that five foot setback requirement for Marine Drive and putting parking there instead. So those are kind of the main concerns that I started with. Uh, and then number two are the kind of general conditions of approval that I'd also recommend taking a look at in case there are any concerns with landscaping. These are kind of things that we can flesh out later on um, at a staff level if you're comfortable with, things like approving the signage and, um, and clearing up those lot line configurations. But you're welcome to add or delete those as needed. Thank you, Nancy. Is there any questions for the staff? The public hearing is now closed. Uh, time for committee deliberation and discussion. Should we go through each of the issues separately? Or? So to generally maybe start there and then we can get into the nitty gritty. Specifically, but it seems to be something that should be examined. 
I really don't like that you don't have a use for 70s cabin. I know that you don't have a use for it yet, but I don't like that um, because it's really integral to the site. And um, something that I addressed to you previously was the actual interior space planning of the actual hotel itself. And when I'm looking at the first floor plan, I mean, this is what I do too. This is hardly adequate for dining. There's four tables and then an additional six here for 62 units. How many people are going to be in this hotel in addition to uh, employees and managerial staff? That just seems ludicrous to me. So I feel like there needs to be some massaging as far as the programming of the actual facility itself in conjunction with the Marriott standards. I think that's pretty important. Um, and looking at through a lot of the comments that Nancy has gone through on each individual point, um, Something worth noting, the city utility impacts should be um, studied more, specifically regarding how many people are going to be in this building. Um, traffic studies were often noted, I'm not going to touch on both of those things are pretty big issues, but it should be something that should be reevaluated. Um, and the balconies in general, I don't know if I'm a fan of that. I like the detailing as far as the architectural hardware in the windows and in the stylings, but it seems to be a problem amongst the community. Um, and. I'm just thinking like if I'm walking down the waterfront and the people are going to be trashing and like hang their towels out and stuff. Like, I don't know. Do we want to be more seaside or do we want to be classic story? So just something to think about. But overall, I think it's a much better something else. So congratulations. Um, I'm really conflicted because I think a lot of the problems that people the public are having with the mass and the scale of the building are actually due to our code allowing um, the height and allowing the the size of the building um, it makes me um, concerned about the um, downtown core that's going to be um, codified soon. Uh, I hope you all are at the downtown core uh, meetings, development meetings, so that your input can go in there. Um, I don't know if you were at the Bridge Vista meetings when these uh, regulations were codified. Um, it's, it's very difficult because the height to the way it is seems to be allowed by the code. Um, the code encouraged rectangular buildings. Um, um, I can't say though that I like the, well, I think the staff has recommended that uh, that rectangle should be modulated in some way, some relief to the just boxiness. And I don't think that the roof um, change in elevation has taken care of that modulation that would be nice to have. Um, I don't mind the balconies uh, because we have um, other like public restaurants uh, along the, like the Wet Dog, uh, where people are there as you're walking along, or 
down at the other end of town there, balconies on structures. So I don't mind that. Um, I, I'm just um, kind of conflicted with being up here and having to make a decision that uh, the code has laid out that they want that we want for that area rectangular buildings um, and that this height is allowed with the uh, step back. Um, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll repeat, I don't like the the different pitch at the high, the fourth story, it looks like wings to me. Um, That's my opinion. Okay, um, I'd like to just address a couple of these design issues. Um, first, um, the number six, the clear story. Um, I actually think it's a quite nice design element. I think it adds some interest to an otherwise recommended uh, rectangular shape, though. Um, from my observation, if its purpose is mainly to serve to let light in, it might be more effective if it faced south, because I don't think you're going to get a lot of light from the north side. Um, I'd like to address, I guess it would fall under um, one, two, and three. It, yeah, trash enclosure, yeah, I think you should put a lid on it too. Can't hurt. Be nice for the people on the hill. Um, but mainly I want to talk about scale. It is frustrating that the code is written to allow a numerical height of which they are within. Um, but the code fortunately also talks about scale and it being within scale for the neighborhood. And in response to the applicant and uh, the public that has spoken about um, the historic canneries that were out over the river, and then even the existing um, Columbia House condos, which are quite tall, um, which those I probably don't believe would be allowed to be built currently if they came up for application. Um, but I think what's important to note is that they all sat out at a distance over the water, and I believe I brought this up at the last meeting, which is that the basic laws of perspective dictate that if something is far away, it's smaller. So you may have had a four-story building out over the water, but that does not take up as much visual space as something that sits directly in front of you on the riverfront. So generally speaking, um, I much prefer this design to the previous one. I think uh, I like the materials. Um, I like the red board and batten. Um, the V-group siding, I think, is good. Um, the only issue I have with that is on the, I believe it's the east elevation, it's the main cover photo, where there's sort of a vertical split, <coughs> where you have red board and batten on one side, and then the gray V-groove on the other. I kind of feel like if you could pick one for that side, it would be better. But that's kind of, that's kind of small stuff. Um, but I think when we debate what you want to build and what the community wants to see built, it's important to, to weigh the whys. And I think it's understandable that you want to build a four-story building here. 
because the fourth story, you get more views, you get more rooms, you get more profit. I don't think anybody can blame you for that. Um, but I don't know if that, if it equally benefits the community. Um, we have to ask, I mean at the last meeting, 22 people got up and spoke in opposition of this project. Two spoke in favor and they're both members of your team, but 22 people gave speeches against, and they had a variety of concerns, but every person shared one common concern, and it was the scale. So, I think we really need to pay attention to that, and I can nitpick other smaller details about awnings and, and balconies and so forth, but I think if I don't focus on the scale thing, I'd be doing a disservice and I really believe that a three-story version of this hotel would be a good compromise for everybody I know it's not unheard of for the Fairfield chain I did some research and there are a, a number of Fairfields throughout the country that are three stories um, if you wanted to still maximize rooms you could offset that because a lot of the underground parking wouldn't be needed because you'd have less rooms up top, so you could have more rooms downstairs. So you wouldn't necessarily lose um, that many rooms. But I really think, uh, I just think the scale's too big for the neighborhood. Um, yeah, as it stands, I think I think we need to strike a balance between what benefits you guys and what benefits the community, and I think making it shorter would do that. That's all. Just a couple of thoughts that I working working through this myself. I think I think actually the the question that Nancy had about, or that's been brought up several times about the five foot setback. I think if this is building that against Marine Drive, it would be horrible because of your perspective right. talking about it. So. I'm fine with location on site and, and the setbacks. I, I really appreciate the fact that now that the <coughs> ship's in building is gone, that there isn't four stories on 2nd Street. And so the idea of the scale and massing against 2nd Street, I think they've been tactful in, in allowing that aerial space essentially to, to be open. Um, and and allow that view corridor to be there. Yeah, it's up to the edge, but that's what we do because you maximize what you can build on a piece of property. So as far as the setbacks concerns that were brought up, that, that they were taking 100% advantage of that, that's totally fine with that. It's, it's uh, the, the overall scale and massing, I, I, it's really hard to, uh, to visualize, I think, what all of, all of the the details that uh, that have been added into the building, we have a lot of small sections and, and detail that has been added and clarified, and I, it's it's really hard to identify that on a large scale of this building, of what that's going to do to help. So the the things like awnings and, and the overhangs and the change in pitch roof, I think on on plan view on perspective, it's really hard to pull that in. But at the end of the day, I think all that helps to bring the scale and massing down to where there is breaks in the wall, there's, there's, uh, there's small details about the windows, there's, there's overhangs down lower, 
that uh, allow that help. The, the awning out by the front entry, I think that helps. Those uh, those overhangs on top, and those are those are uh, those are some really nice details that I think I think uh, oftentimes are skipped over at this point in the application. That that by being in the application at this point, we've we've got an understanding of, of what they are they are proposing and and uh, how that's going to be built. Um, I, I still, you know, there's this this thought or this this conversation um, that keeps coming back to this view, the idea of the view, but also pointing out, I think, several times that we've that we've heard um, at different facets, both by ourselves as well as the applicant, that that the criteria is met for the elevation of the building, um, and uh, and the way they've met that criteria, there's a question about whether or not those those uh, those surrounds around mechanical units and the elevator and stuff can be a little bit smaller uh, because it's practical to make them smaller or leave them kind of boxier. The, the location not cut them up. I'm I'm okay with the way that they're showing. I think it's it's done tactfully, and the sight lines on the building are nice. I like the setback and the and the balconies because it does create some some change in the lines and and. Uh, and it, it does change the scale of massing of the building, in my opinion, as opposed to something that's more, more boxy. Um, you definitely go, go a different direction there. Um, and, you know, if this was pushed up next to 2nd Street, as, four as far as four stories goes, I think I'd have a bigger issue with the scale of massing, but where it's pulled back with the, with the single-story building against 2nd Street, and, um, I really feel that it meets meets that criteria of the scale and massing. It, it doesn't feel that big. There are a lot of existing there there are a lot of existing buildings that to me from Marine Drive feel much larger, much heavier, um, much more in, in your face, so to speak, as you're coming through and with, with this being back further to the back of the property, I think that, that that really works. So um, I think we've come a long ways and I appreciate that. Nancy, isn't it a requirement for development off of the secondary street, which is Second Street, to have a lower uh, height? No? No. They have to set it back to maintain that initial corridor. Yeah. So they've done that by setting it back and then also maintaining that lower okay. area and then stepping up to the bigger massing. Um, but no, it's just the building has to be set back. You know, go ahead. You're in the oh, okay. I was just gonna add in that I, I actually am also okay with the clear story, and um, I think they're normally um, faced towards the north to get a nice, soft, consistent light rather than the south, which can be very glaring and uh, heat the room too much. Um, and, but I was wondering if um, when, uh, uh, obviously staff has talked to you about modulating the boxiness, um, had you ever considered on that fourth story to maybe just do um, one length of rooms rather than two? 
So in other words, not lose a whole um, a whole floor of rooms, but you'd have more options in roof pitch uh, if you um, eliminated one length of rooms and just you know had a, a hallway in the maintain the view rooms, maybe even get another set of balconies in there, so it could be a further step back, which might uh, help uh, with approval. Yeah, if I could chime in again, I agree that the step backs help open up the view. Um, on the river side of the building, yeah, but it does nothing for face. the north side, which is still a really tall the, the wall. South side. The south side, yeah. sorry. The well, south side. Well, that's why I thought of that fourth story was just one length of rooms rather than two. There could be a setback on both sides. Because um, I know, yeah, it's still. A 45 or technically 48 foot tall mass from the north side. Well, that was the general. Do we go through the specifics now? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I guess there's two ways to look at that if we're generally looking at a motion as a, as a committee, um, I, my guess is the specifics could be flushed out in that motion with discussion. So unless there's something that's wiring um, on the specifics, uh, I think it would be good to get a motion on the table and then, and then flush out some of that. Okay, so, so at this point, let's have a little discussion and let's identify oh, some of the attorney they have. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to have conditions on it, conditions should be specific. Yeah. 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 So let's have some discussion. Your discussion should actually provide some guidance to staff as to how the timing should be written. Thank you. You can always do a straw poll because if I had proposed the motion, I would propose to deny it. Same. Yeah. I think there's too many unknowns at this point. Is there, is, is there any direction that we can take instead of, because if we voted right now, basically it's 2-2 two -two and it's split, it's, it's essentially a denial as well. Um, so our, our two options are either a continuance again, um, 
deal breaker is the fourth floor. I mean, that seems like yeah. it's the deal breaker to you guys, and, and we're concerned about it as well. But it definitely is, it's pretty impactful to the whole project because that decreases by 20 units. I don't know if we can have the rights to do that. Could I address it in all? Actually, yes, if we can open up. And I think this is important. Let's let's go ahead and do that. If you if you're willing to address that at this yeah. point, yeah. Sure. Sure. so the public hearing is now open again. So we'll ask for um, presentations against as well. Just yeah, second. yeah. Mark Mark Mollinger, the uh, developer, uh, Bellingham, Washington. Um, so I I can see certainly we seem to be focused on the fourth the fourth floor issue. Obviously, it is a feasibility. I mean, this project isn't feasible if it has 22 less rooms, so it's a huge issue. Um, if we could spread the building out, make it three stories, but then it, it basically is, if you call it more blocking, more uh, frontage along the waterfront, um, certainly it would change its character, um, but it also would affect ultimately the square footage of the building too. Um, the building is efficient. Um, we're at the limit of the size of the building, so that's a huge consideration in this whole deal. I mean, we've worked hard to try to get this building to conform to Marriott standards uh, to make the, the, the guest rooms work. Um, and uh, so, you know, you, uh, you, you mentioned about how the, 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 uh, the public space functions inside, you know, We'll worry about that inside and making it, we've run a lot of hotels, so we'll make it work. Um, so, but we're focused on the outside and what it, and what it looks like. Uh, one of the reasons for really having this building like really four stories too is because all three floors actually get a view. Um, the, the garage area doesn't really have that great a view. The, the building really kind of sits a little bit below the walkway. Uh, the, you know, the, um, the, the dock that sits in front of in front of the hotel and, it, and it's stepped away from the hotel. So if you're if you give the perspective of the, the guest, if you were on the ground floor, you really you're looking at basically uh, a handrail, and uh, that's one of the, the the drawbacks from my standpoint that I have in the lobby of this hotel is I don't have that same experience of having an unobstructed view from the lobby. But I have to just deal with that. I think it'll still work, and uh, I think there's a lot of transparency in the lobby, and there's close access to the waterfront, so that's great. But to drop me down another floor isn't really what I want to do with this. This doesn't work at this site, right? And uh, so, um, you know, I, I think the perspective on, on the walkway when you're looking at the hotel, I just don't think it feels like it's that tall. In comparison to everything else, it's kind of in the neighborhood. It's it's it's, it's set down a little ways, and um, I think the other thing that I think a, a lot of folks haven't even talked about is the fact that if you're on Marine Drive, the perspective is you've got you've got other single-story buildings that that are sitting in front of this hotel, which will also affect kind of how the building looks from Marine Drive which I think will take away from the feeling that it's just so massive, because I don't think it really is. It's not a massive hotel. Uh, the size of this hotel at 30,000 square feet is really, uh, really an architectural accomplishment to get this amount of stuff in this building. Um, 
Um, I think another benefit that's not spoken about is the fact that if you are on the waterfront, this building provides some shielding from Marine Drive. Marine Drive in this little spot, this little slot here, is very close to the, the promenade. And this building gives you some, some traffic protection, some sound protection. Um, and so I think that's a, a positive thing. Nobody has mentioned that. Um, so unless somehow you know you think we can just just drop the building down and widen it out and uh, you know add a little bit more pizzazz, make it a lot more like the Can Repair Hotel, um, you know, let me do that then. Um, but that's not where your code is. When I came to this town. You had a new code. Uh, I studied that code. I hired uh, hired people to basically look at that, to say, okay, what can we do on this site, and so on. Did my feasibility analysis based on that. Um, I've gone round and round to try and ask this town what they want within the, the code, and that's what I feel I'm presenting. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I just, you know. I don't, we're at, we're at this point where I don't know how much more we can keep designing this thing and, uh, you know, and, and accomplish what you demanded within your code. And uh, that's what I purchased. I purchased a piece of property that had a zoning code and uh, that's, those are the parameters I've been working within too. And so um, I just, you know, appeal to the fact that I'm trying to listen to the community um, I know there's there's been opposition, but you know I've for been in this town for two years. I, I've got a lot of people that are very interested in this happening. You know, do they not necessarily show up at these meetings? No, and uh, but I think there are a lot of people that are in support of this project too that just aren't here, and uh, maybe they don't have time for it. I don't know, but um, I think this is going to be a positive contribution to this community. So thanks. Are there any um, persons who would uh, speak impartial to the application? We've got to go back through this. So. Um, how about against the application? Jan Paper 3015, Harris, and of Oregon. Um, just on the points that were just raised, I've heard this feasibility. Um, term used by many developers, and feasibility does not mean it's not possible. Um, I think most of the time it just means maximum profit. There are hotels that are three stories tall that do fine. There's hotels that are two story tall. There are a lot of buildings that are not four stories tall that seem to make it okay. So I think this term feasibility just means maximum profit in this case. Um, secondly, talking about maximizing the view. Well. That view belongs to everybody. It's not just for people in the hotel. So yes, we can get a fourth story of people with view, but then people who live in the hills, people who are walking along the river. One thing is when you're walking along the river, in some places you can look up and actually see the hills or the trees. But with, next to this building, you won't see anything. You'll be looking up at, at sky and only that, and then there'll be shadow over, over the river walk. So as far as claiming, oh my, the fourth floor is going to be deprived of view, what about the citizens? Shield of sound, I've never heard anybody complain about the sound of Marine Drive while walking along the river walk. Um, we don't need something, a wall there to give a sound barrier. Um, I think the 
when the developer says he's coming to town, um, it's not to bring something to Astoria. It's just for, for profit. This is looking for, you know, how can they maximize their investment in this, this property? The part of the code that he says that's what he was dealing with, part of the code is this design review committee. Um, part of it is the mass, the sensitivity, the, the craftsmanship, the design features. And those things just aren't considered. I still have to look at these windows and I go, I don't see any design features at all. Anyway, I think that um, the mass is just too great um, for a location along the river walk and blocking the views of the river. Elizabeth Menetre, what is my address? 3849 Grand Avenue, Astoria. Uh, the Bridge Vista is very flawed. Um, I think Mr. Hollander did look at what was there, and that's what's there. It's very flawed. It, it's, but nonetheless, that is what's, uh, what he had. I, but that doesn't mean that you have to approve this. This is the whole future, what we're, what we're gonna be looking at for a very long time. It's a big decision. It's, and this is also talking about the future of what's happening. More hotels and what they're gonna be looking at here with what you decide tonight. But thank you for your work. And I know you've worked very hard too. Are there any other Presentations and against the application. Chris Ferrar, 3023 Harrison Avenue, Astoria. My comments aren't much different than they were before, but I will say that, um, in my view, the fact that the people that have spoken tonight that live in the community and they've all been opposed to this does mean something and the fact that there were something like 22 the bigger meeting and I looked at the written comments for tonight I didn't see any in favor of this project at all they were strongly opposed so did the citizens voice of this community mean anything to you I know you're some of you at least sitting there are looking for a way to support the community because maybe the codes did seem a little slack on allowing big square buildings looming up high and dominating the horizon. But there is one feature that one of you has noticed very clearly and that's scale. Why don't you focus on scale and how it fits with that part of our community and what our community wants. And I think it's great that people come here and want to make a profit here off of available pieces of property, but they ought to just figure out a way to do it where they don't intrude and ruin our community. Because if you ruin it, your profit will dry up ultimately anyway. And you've got a lot to learn. Thank you, sir. Is there any other? Thank you. Loretta Maxwell, um, 1574 Grand Avenue, Astoria, Oregon. Grand View Bed and Breakfast. Um, 
I wasn't going to say anything tonight. I wanted to hear what was going on. Um, but I feel like I have to say something. Um, I think you're exactly right. We were not paying attention. I was brand new when they were doing the, the bridge vision or whatever it was. And I heard them talking about setbacks. And I heard them talking about how many feet. But I didn't really know what that meant. I, I know a lot better now. The setback, I thought, meant so that it could be viewed, you know, uh, to, to the river rather than along the river. I'm not sure what that does to make people's view better other than to not overpower people who might be walking on the riverfront. Grandview is essentially four stories high, but we are on a hillside. We're up uh, about four blocks up from, um, I'm sorry, I'm kind of, uh, um, from Marine Drive, and people who stay at our house love it because they have a commanding view of the river we can see from one of my rooms, you can see where the river comes in from around Tongue Point. And you can see all the way through beyond the bridge. And if you look really carefully, you can see the little white riprack where the ocean and the river come together. That's really exciting. And we don't really charge a lot. <laughs> but, um, and, and we're not a hotel, we're not a great big building, but if you want that expansive view, go up the hill and you won't have railing in your way. And it won't be reserved for people who are only there for a day or a couple of days and taking away from the people that live here that it's really important for them to see the river, to see Washington, to see the bridge. You're taking a whole chunk of the bridge away from, from us. And I'm really sorry that you have spent, I'm sure, hundreds or, well, tens of thousands of dollars, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to accomplish this. I used to work at hotels. I, I'm really more of a hotel person. So I understand that. Um, but I, it's, it feels like you're stealing something from us, the citizens of Astoria. And I think that that's what the passion is here with the people who are sitting behind you. I hope we can work this out because I think you're probably a really good person. It's just, this is wrong. This is really wrong. Thank you for listening. Any other presentations for uh, or testimonies against the applicant? testimony, um, very, very heartfelt. Um, we just want to reiterate um, in kind of a, a figure-out way um, that the BVO and the interest overlay was written and exists to maintain a certain character. I mean, these 
prescriptive requirements were built into it for a reason. And so, um, notwithstanding the, the concerns about you, which um, you know are in many ways understandable, uh, the development along this um, this riverfront. Uh, it's zoned to, to present some kind of a pathway for something to be built here, and so we we've endeavored to try to meet those requirements. Um, we're we're open to discussing it, although as the as uh, Mark alluded to, we're um, in terms of trying to get the same yield we're looking for now. We're uh, kind of up against the wall. The other option, if we wanted to get the same yield, would be to make the the building longer and lower, which probably wouldn't really accomplish um, the. Uh, the goal of, of overall keeping a better view um, of that riverfront. So uh, we, uh, at any rate, are just are um, we're trying to work within those those confines and uh, kind of find the most, most feasible way to, uh, to construct this project. Thank you. Are there any closing remarks from staff? No, no, no. So it's uh, it was some it was all over the place, including some that had no height limits, where you could build as high as you wanted, as high as you wanted to. Um, there were some areas that may have had 45 feet, but had no provisions for any reduction in mass at all. Mm -hmm. um, and Mr. Hollander, you had said that you. Didn't want to give up this fourth story, but that you could work with staff on other aspects of modulating the the, the uh, exterior um, when you were up there. Maybe if I can maybe provide some direction. Yeah. What you have before you is a proposal for a design and you're responding to the design. And so this is a case where um, the design review committee needs to review what is proposed before you and make a decision as does 
does this address the criteria or does it not? So that's the, the crux of the issue that we have before us here tonight. It's uh, the applicant has the ability to propose different changes, but the applicant has proposed a, a revised design to you after the city council appeal. So it's it's not taking a look and, and redesigning it by the committee. It's it's responding to the proposal. Thank you, Brad. Can I make one more comment? Right? Yeah. I, I think we'll stop there. So thank you. Just think about the holiday. Um, can can I comment? Yeah. Again, yeah, I think every. Okay. But I let think, me let me no. close the let me close the public hearing first, <laughs> and then. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that was my go. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think you would be hard pressed to find anyone that didn't have a personal financial investment in the Holiday Inn in this community um, to say that they're happy that that went up. I would say 100% of the people that live here regret that that ever happened. Um, it was a mistake and we shouldn't continue to make them. Comments as to what was just said. Um, the BVO does talk about scale, so if I'm asked to decide if this meets criteria, I would say no based on scale issues. Um, but I would like to respond a bit to Mr. Hollander's comments. Um, you said that you couldn't lose the fourth floor because the first floor just doesn't have good enough views for the guests. Well, those guests are here one, maybe two nights. This community lives here. I own a house on the hill that I will probably die in. And I'm sorry if I think that our views are more important than someone that's passing through and staying one night in your hotel. You also said that it's not massive. It's only 30,000 square feet. Well, it might not be massive compared to other hotels in other cities, but it's pretty massive for here. This is, this is mainly a bed and breakfast town. We've, in my opinion, mistakenly built some large hotels recently that I think we all regret. But that is massive for here. And you also said something about you held a public meeting and it was important to you to get community input and have a good relationship with this community. Well, I, I remember that public meeting. Um, I was unable to attend it because it was scheduled for the same time as, I don't remember if it was a city council meeting or historic landmarks. Whatever it was, it was one that was particularly heated and a lot of people, including myself, wanted to go to. Um, a lot of council members wanted to attend your meeting, but they couldn't because of when it was scheduled. Um, some people showed up, but then had to leave because it was delayed a little bit, and they had to show up for the meeting. So you didn't really get a good read of everybody's opinion, and even those that did show up, I think if you had listened to what they had said, your first proposal would have been more similar to what we're dealing with here tonight, not the initial design, which showed... Um, that you hadn't listened at all. Um, and just for fun, I'll throw in that if we're talking about good relations, um, I think the whole community was offended when your attorney reduced our waterfront to a pile of rock sticks and rusty metal. So that's all I'll say. Any other comments, please? Committee? I kind of feel like I feel like I need to defend you guys a little bit because I just know how much hard work goes into these submittals, and I feel 
individually, I've been involved with reviewing projects in this town, and I've been involved with reviewing countless other projects in other municipalities that have far more organized standards. The amount of research that's gone into the submittal, I haven't seen before in any other submittal, so the fact that everybody is judging the project based on the research that actually has been taking time to be done is, is kind of ironic to me, because Columbia House condos is hideous, and that's what we're defending. Um, Holiday Inn, yeah, it's the same size and stature, but that's kind of what happens when you have more stories that's about the same thing. So I feel like it's a much better submittal. Um, I really appreciate the amount of mindful detailing, um, diversity of materials. For floor or not, the only thing I'm really most not excited about is the fact that there's no plan for Stephanie's cabin and the coordination with the lack of dining. That, this whole, like, I just want to make more money because I want to have more units. That's where that rubs me wrong. But the fourth floor, it is what it is. So I think we're kind of just wasting airspace talking about setbacks and, and fourth floors when it's either going to happen or it's going to not, you know? Either way, I look at the uh, <laughs> the views on, on that are here in the submittal. It's what you have proposed now is certainly a lot better of an improvement than what we I think another thing that's, that I was thinking about is the potential of spreading this building out, um, either by this applicant or another applicant for the same site, really does change the massing. And if you had three stories right down to Second Street, for instance, I, re I really do think that that changes the field. That could be back in front of us, and it's harder harder to look at a, at a three-story as not having the right massing. But it's, uh, I like the field. I, I think I've, um, with the overall pulling that tighter, yeah, it might be a little bit taller, but not having it as long and spread out and, and tight to Second Street, I, I think it's totally applicable to the site. It doesn't also have to be longer. It could doesn't. just be smaller. Yeah, yeah, but the potential is that somebody could. I'm not saying they could, but at some and point, that would come some, up for some other, yeah, well. yeah, some other applicant. But I think the, the way they would, the way they've approached it, like pulling it off to Second Street, allowing that to be a visual connection as far as elevation, I like it. So we currently have a motion on the table. We can either uh, take that motion away and, and make another motion or um, vote on that. Is there another motion to be presented? You need to deal. <laughs> you need to deal with the motion, either vote it down, or down, or, yes. or or dismiss it. Well, um, no, not really. I mean, you could you could vote to withdraw it, but you have to have a vote. But you can vote on the motion itself. I mean, when it comes down to the individual points on this list, in addition to the additional recommended uh, conditions that Nancy points out, I don't see any reason why it doesn't actually pass the qualifications of what we laid out. That is a hodgepodge of a lot of different types of styles and pretty petals of things that have never actually, that's the, the nature of life. We've all grown in this town, so, you know, beyond the other individual concerns that we all have, this year, that, and the other, I, I don't feel that I would vote against the project at this point. I just want to clarify, so you disagree that it's out of scale? I feel that... Because that is the criteria. Four floors, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Taking 20 units off of it, that's that's a whole other direction for the project, and I don't know if 
can be solved right now. I, that's not really our, for us to decide. It's just do do you believe that it it is within scale or without a scale? Because that's what we're voting on essentially. I would say that I'm not want to be vilified, but I feel like there's no happy medium. I, I think that is is out of scale, but given the context of what's been done, I think it's appropriate. Leanne, you have a motion on the table. Do you want to, you want to complete that motion with any criteria? Then we will vote. We all know for four. Are there any other specific criteria that you are all concerned about regarding this motion and its issue being passed? Beyond that, is there what other points that can we say, you know, besides that, how would I amend it? Well, I think. Oh, I just go down through the one through one through nine items okay. and clarify those. Get the motion. Assuming if there's an appeal, or, or even assuming that the uh, applicant would be interested in it, 
it would probably be good for the um, two people who voted no to explain uh, the basis of their decision. Um, if they disagree with all nine points, or if there was a disagreement only one or two of them, um, I assume there will, there's high likelihood there's going to be an appeal. And the city council uh, was having some difficulty understanding exactly what your past findings were. So if you could explain yourselves as to why, and in particular, my concern would be uh, guideline 14.115B2, which does address this issue of scale. I think, and, and staff and I disagree on this, I believe deals only with existing buildings. It doesn't, it doesn't deal with new buildings. What the language says is buildings should retain significant original characteristics of scale. And that's the only time scales mentioned in these, in these, um, uh, in this code section of scale massing and building material along the street facades. That's the entire section. And so the way I read that section, building shall retain. You can't retain something if it's not built. Retain means to keep. Um, and so I think it might be helpful for those who believe that section applies to explain their so reasoning. So scale is not a consideration, you're saying, because of the way the code is written? The only code, code section that talks about scale, massing, and building material, well, well scale and massing, is 14.115b2. And it uses the words building, buildings should retain. Can I comment on that? Absolutely, and that's what the point is. I would uh, jump to the conclusion that that must be some kind of typo, because I can't imagine with as detailed as our code is, that we wouldn't write something in about scale and massing. Well, with new construction, you, you, you can't rewrite the code. I'm not trying to rewrite the code, but I'm gonna I'm gonna respectfully disagree with you and agree with staff on that. So, so Sarah Jane. So, so my point is that you should, if, if that's if that's the basis of your decision, it's a typo in the code, then that could be part of these findings that would, you know, in the case of appeal, go to the city council. If there's some other reason why you think that applies, then you should put that on the record too. What about number five? The, uh, the form of the building. So, so again, Hillary, I think for council's uh, suggestion, if you can help explain on the record your, well, I was, your no vote based on the criteria. I was fine with all of them except number two and number five. Same. Um, and we've been told now that the city attorney doesn't believe that number two applies to new buildings. Um, and so I'm asking about number five, the, the wording in the code about number five, the form of the building. If you read number five, the DRC should determine if the building form meets the intent of the code. Yeah. Is that the section you're referring to? Mm -hmm. yeah. you, can only, you can only determine the intent of the code by reading exact language of the code. You can't put your own spin on what you think it should say. Um, the oath you guys took was to, to follow this code. Uh, the purpose section that was read to you before is not a criteria. It's an aid, to de an aid for you to understand why the specific criteria were established. So criteria such as height 
setbacks, um, and those sort of things. Those are objective criteria that you are to apply. But um, uh, and that and the purpose the purpose section is only put there for you to under for people to understand why these specific criteria were adopted by the city council. So is there is there further is there further explanation or decision sort of you'd like city council to be aware of or be on public testimony to explain? Well, I, I know when I was reading the code, I interpreted it the way you did, uh, have done that. Uh, it applies to buildings that are existing. Um, I'm wondering after we codify the downtown area, if we have to come back and relook at the bridge vista. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess if we don't get to comment on uh, on scale because it doesn't technically apply. Um, I, I think you can make comments as to why you said that. Because I think it matters, story. and I I'm I'm sorry that it's interpreted in another way, but I mean, dear God, if we don't have something written about things being in scale with their surroundings. We're we're in trouble for the future. When this code went in, people didn't people didn't particularly want to build here. People weren't investing in Astoria a lot years ago, and now they're coming quick. They're coming on the south side too. And if we don't have anything in there about scale, and we're not willing to enforce it and consider how this affects buildings around and sight lines and views from the hill, then we're in trouble. And I hope City Council respects that, and I hope they don't overturn this as well. Well, don't misunderstand what I said. What I said was that you, your comments are particularly important and can be of guidance to staff in, in, in making findings, but it's an important issue that it can't be glossed over by just saying scale applies. There's a, a disagreement as to what that code means, and you guys are the first step in helping to interpret that code. Ultimately, the city council is the, the one that's going to have to interpret it. So um, don't take my interpretation as being gospel. I, I'm just a lawyer that reads it and says what I think, but you're a planning, you're, you're a design review committee person, and you too need to read it and say what you think. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Make known your, right. your opinion is so, right. so that they can use it. I, I just feel like with these seats, our roles are not only to enforce the code, but also to to represent the community and when yeah. there is such an overwhelming outcry with all the same issue which is scale I don't think we should ignore that that's it that's all I got that's my comment Thank you. how would you guys improve the scale of this project make it shorter okay, just asking <laughs> um, I, yeah, yeah. Just, just any more clarifications and we'll move on through the agenda. So, on this case, what we have is a, we need a, is a two to two tie. So, what is going to go to city council if the deal would be a split and with the record 
showing yes, what it does. As stated, and this is a denial. Um, right. But the findings are sometimes rather vague and best. Well, it says all new construction right in the code there. Right? Now, Chan, public, Chan, public, Chan, public, public testimony is toast. Please be quiet. I know, but how can you You're out of order, Chan. So are you. Um, uh, it would be, it's going to be extremely helpful if all of the comments can be part of the findings that if there is an appeal, it goes to City Council. Um, pro and con. So the Council is aware of the debate that occurred in this. And our and our comments are part of yes. part of that. So, well, then your comments will be the, the basis for the findings that staff draws on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there anything further that we need to do, Brett? Do we have anything? In, because I mean, it's a tentative approval, but um, what are we going to bring back? We bring back kind of the the pros and cons as outlined. Is that what we bring back? We have findings that dealt with the disagreement on. Do we need um, to pick a date to, yes, to finalize that? So, so just to, so that just so it, it was clear um, what Blair and the city attorney. So, uh, what the city attorney had stated is that the findings that are going to be coming before you, uh, staff will be outlining both positions um, and a document that will be brought back to you for review um, at a subsequent meeting. Um, I am going to ask that we not wait until next month and that we have a 120-day uh, rule that we're trying to work within. And so I would ask that we, and the date has to be selected tonight. Nancy, how long do you need? Do you need two weeks? Um, at least because I'm out of town next week. So, we're so if we do a week from Thursday? That would be the 25th of October. Is that what we're doing? I can do that. What's that about? Yeah. Is that good with everybody on the committee? 5.30, Yeah. Yeah, 5.30 on the 25th of October. Could, could I make one more comment or kind of a question, I guess? Um, I, unlike you, I have been in total development my whole career. I. I worked for a planning department, um, and then I was on my previous city's historic commission, and now this commission. And I have been used to um, staff giving their opinion on findings. Uh, does it meet the code or not? And I feel like with this project, um, we haven't had much guidance um, from staff. Um, it's <laughs> it's very difficult to be put in a position when um, uh, for 
lesser projects, it's always been, you know, the, the findings are, are met, or the, the code has been met, uh, you know, right down the line, you can say, this has been met, this has been met, this has been met. Um, I love that. <laughs> and this one has been very difficult because uh, staff has. But Commissioner Phelps, what I'll say is in this case, this is one where staff made a statement that they felt that it did apply and the city attorney disagreed. And so this is a case where you have to determine. That was our job as what, commissioner. Actually, as commissioner. <laughs> and so this was a case where staff was definitive in terms of saying it, they felt it did apply. And. Um, and so it's it's your your job, unfortunately, as a as a volunteer, to make that determination. Thank you. Do we have status reports? Moving on to the agenda. Um, no. Okay. Um, but if anybody has any questions, I'm We'll have the opportunity to review that in a couple weeks too and clarify some of those items. And we'll, we'll be generous to you. I, <laughs> maybe I'll throw that back at you. Is there something that was unclear that we discussed tonight that you'd like some clarification to help you create your findings? Um, yeah, I think we touched pretty heavy on number two, but we didn't really discuss the awnings or the, the canopy. Um, if the design of the awnings, if we think that meets criteria, those kind of things. Of, is it appropriate? Should should the applicant even look at relocating the lobby into the other side of the building? You know, we, we draw this balance of not wanting to design the building for them, but there's nothing that says that lobby has to be on the east end of building either. So there's lots of things of other design alternatives that you could ask the applicant to to bring. Um, but I did want to mention that it, the burden of proof is on the applicant to So here's the thing, I, I really don't want to go down the route of discussing the, uh, the awning, and I'm, excuse me, the, the location of the lobby with all due respect of, of the planner. I, I think um, and so, I mean, I do feel though that we need to go through the, uh, through the items. I think we've already done that as a, as a commission. I think the only thing that really came up that was of concern was two and four, and we actually discussed the other items that they were fine, that, so that, and that was part of the I motion, and the only thing in- The interior planning of it, I'm not trying to redesign for merit standards, but given that's what I do, like, it's not feasible to me. So there's too much parking, and it would make sense that we revisit the, the first floor as far as the space that you're giving to the amenities and the dining facilities, given that you have no plan for Stephanie's cabin, where are those people going to eat? That's my biggest concern. So what I'm, but what I'm hearing, it really is coming down to Two and the difference of opinion on two and five and five. Sorry, I said four, it's two and five. And in terms of all of the other items, there is a level of comfort with all the other yes. items. Okay, that's that's to that help you on empty. Thank you. 
there any, any other items that we have to cover? The meeting is adjourned. Thank you.